So, last we saw our boys, they met up with Maggie and headed off to Enosh, back where they all met. The headwaters of our tale. The place isn't doing so well with its guardian missing or dead. The ocean's rushing like waves from a broken dam. Kean's friends, the wandering winds, are there to help. They hop on the train, Maggie Brenna's now, and spend a week in a train car together. Some secrets come out. Turns out the mirror that Ox's sister caught him with was supplied to his captor by none other than Virgil's Dawn Shepherds, but three years ago. But they let bygones be bygones for now. Kean's been on the lookout for Lachlan through Marigold. She hasn't come across the man just yet, but she's found his footprints and his dead fires and his abandoned things. Kean can count himself as an abandoned thing too. Lachlan doesn't seem to want a single word with him. They talked some with me too. I, uh, I found out Virgil Flores has a star with him, a beautiful shining gold one. I can't take that though, it's his. Gotta catch one of my own. Anyways, they're back in Enosh now with Kean's old ally, if you can call him that. Goes by Lysandriel. He's just about to introduce our boys to the rest of Kean's old gang now. He walks down the hallway without even a single glance behind him. Everyone's been very excited to see you, Kean, but we're going to have to talk business as quickly as possible. So if you could speed along the greetings and the sentiments, is that all right? All right, I can do that. Great. You you glance in, you see what looks to be an overcrowded like X storeroom. The shelves have all been pushed against the walls. Instead of having, I don't know, glasses or um, foodstuffs for the tavern, every surface is just packed with like things. There's like food and bedding, but there's also like a half open box of shining necklace chains, crafted glazed bowls that are you know, lovingly handmade. Um, you see a hat with large feathers and flowers, long necked glass vase delicately laid atop a tapestry depicting howling hunting dogs. There seems to be no organization or theme to the chaos. It's just things. And the group that greets you suits those chaotic surroundings. Lizzie steps aside as he opens the door, for he can be pulled over by a small fuzzy figure that leaps at you, Kian. They hug you tightly and look back. You're back! And you all see a tabaxi with bright green eyes and black fur. Uh, she has a round face and small expressive ears decorated with gold jewelry. And there's a clear mischievous behind what could simply be cute features. Could you just... D&D your cat? Small ears. <laughs> she lets go of you and falls like about a foot to the ground as she's jumped rather high to wrap her arms around your shoulders. Kian has, with a practiced air, like caught her as she jumps. Nimble, it's been... it's been a while. Yeah, we thought that you had died, so it's pretty <laughs> exciting to see you here now. She grabs you by the hand and leads you inside. <laughs> as she does so, she looks back at the three of you and gestures for you to come in as well. As she does so though, her eyes narrow, not necessarily suspiciously, but you can tell she's very curious about the group that Kian has with them now. Uh, her tail twitches back and forth as she leads you inside. Inside, again, it's a bit crowded in here. You see standing right next to the door, an olive green tiefling who's not that much taller than her with short goat-like horns. They raise their hand with a small wave. 
Their left leg looks like it was formed from branches and vines that wrap up around their bones. Behind them, leaning against the shelves, you see two uh, dwarf women. They look nearly identical to each other, but one has pale pink hair and a wide braided beard, and the other one almost the same, but more of a pale blue to her hair, and a faint, almost unnerving silver shine to her eyes. They also give you a wave, step forward, both of them at the same time rush over to Kian, give him a hug. He hugs back. You doing all right? It's going, um, I guess everybody, these are my friends. He'll step back so that everybody else can fit into the room. And these are the folks that I've been traveling with, my new friends. The dwarf woman with blue hair sizes you all up, looks back at Kian. Gonna introduce us properly, you forget our names. He smiles and he'll look first to the two dwarf women. Slinea and uh, Ingrid. Then we've got Favor over there. I think you might have caught Nimble's name as she jumped to me, but well, here we've got Virgil and Ox and Henry. That's everyone. Favor, the, the tiefling who's standing in the corner, gives you each a nod and stands over by Nimble's side. Nimble just waves again still kind of glaring at all of you. She's a bit hard to read, you found, but keeps a friendly smile on her face. And Linnea, the, the blue-haired twin. <laughs> Have you watched Oran High School Hope Club, Neil? No. I'm so glad you understood. Uh, <laughs> Lachlan is Tom McKee, to be clear. Excellent. Lizzie, yeah. Lizzie steps in and closes the door. So, you're all going to help us with looks to the winds. They're all going to help us with figuring out what to do here. Henry Goodlove has some connections that may aid in getting some people out, but we will need to figure out a different way to do it for the rest. And you all, looks to you all, you all do know Mela, yes? Yes, is she still here? She is. She's sort of, um, She's been a scout, I guess you could say, and she should be back any time today. We're trying to find the best alternate path out of here. Well, it would be nice to see that she's doing all right, as well as she can be. She's been staying at one of the other, um, I guess you could call it a safe house, and we can check in there later after you've all said your hellos and everything. Be perfect. Is the carriage outside of town? Well, Ingrid sighs loudly. There's not really a town anymore, so it's not outside. Um, what? I'm confronted with what we've done. <laughs> you know? Hey. I mean, we, we parked it behind this building. And then Linnea steps forward. We just left it there. I think it'll probably be okay. It's well protected. What, did you want your things? Kian, I take it you mean something um, not by a traditional carriage then, or? I mean, it's a carriage. It looks like a carriage. It's a magical carriage. <laughs> that was more of what I was getting at, actually. That's what I thought. <laughs> Thank you for understanding. <laughs> 
explains a lot. <laughs> Can you share with the boys your practice throughout the day for this voice? Oh, I don't think they're gonna get it. No, but it's just wonderful. Well, okay, break, pause. Um, really what I wanted to do, but I can't do with my voice fucked up like this, was Weevil from Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> um, no. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you need to go there? I mean, I'd like to at some point, but it's fine. I think there's more important things to do right Why? now. Why? I have some things there. What do you need to do? Well, things in there that I'd like to check on. Are you taking them? Kian, it might be faster if you're less vague. I would like to have a moment in there, if I could, just to see things. But just a moment? He kind of shakes his head, I think, puts, puts a hand on his forehead. Maybe more than one moment. Did you want to go in alone, or is there a particular someone you had in mind for your moment? It's fine, we can do this later. I would like to check it out at some point. There's more pressing things to do right now. Favor puts a, a hand on Nimble's shoulder. I think what she's asking is, you're not staying, are you? I don't think I can right now. I've got a bit of an obligation with this group. We'll see. I'm not sure if everybody here wants me to stay anyway. Everyone turns to look at Lizzie, <laughs> who takes a step back. I, I have not said anything except what Ophelia told me. Kian, you are welcome to come along if you wish. However, I understood that perhaps it is no longer of interest to you. Kian just looks around the room and he looks pretty lost as he's just kind of going face to face, like from both groups. I think I'm gonna stay with my new friends for a bit. I don't know what's gonna happen in the future and I'd love to see you all again. And you know where there's plenty of ocean between here and dawning, so we'll have lots of time to think it over. It's not like you necessarily need to make a decision at this moment in time. He looks at Virgil, Henry, and Ox. There's some things we found out that I think that our goals may be aligned a bit more at the moment. There's time to figure that out. Yes, plenty of time. You definitely don't need to come to a concrete decision right now, you know, especially a concrete decision that may or may not include uh, you know, barriers to friendships that might be vital to saving innocent civilians who are I think former residents of Enosh. Henry, he looks back to Nimble and also questioningly at everybody else. It's not like if I, if I go with him for a bit that you're never gonna wanna see me again, right? The group kind of as a whole has been just silently watching the two of you interact with each <laughs> other. They've all been, like, watching this interaction with various levels of amusement on their faces. And Ingrid speaks up. I mean, it's not that we won't want to see you again, it's just... not really easy. We're trying to keep things on the down low, we're moving. Usually if people leave, they don't... visit. We'll figure it out. Yeah. I'll figure it out. Yeah. Right now we've got other stuff to do, so let's go see if we can find Mela. Lead the way. Lizzie has already opened the door and started to walk out, and Nimble hops after him. Favor follows behind. 
Linnea and Ingrid hang back and, and wait for you guys to all go. As you're walking, Lizzie's just leading you down the hallway out through that crowded main room of, I guess you wouldn't call them refugees if they're in their own town, but survivors. <laughs> and out the door. As you're doing so, Nimble turns around, slows down a bit to walk beside Henry, tugs on Henry's shirt sleeve. Real quick, how <laughs> tall is she? Like four foot eleven kind yeah. of nice. vibes. Yeah. Nice. Is that something I could help you with? Are you do you know who we are? Are you learning about us? Is Kian telling you things? Mostly no, but I do understand you all the winds. It more or less ends there. She nods. Well, just don't learn anything else, okay? Or we're gonna have to kill you after this. I mean, so long as you write it up first in a contract, you know, I just want to make sure we're clear on things. Was that not clear? Well, you know, verbal contracts, they're not necessarily binding in a exterior sort of circumstance. Are you smart or do you just use big words? We've Both. been trying to figure that out for weeks. I was pretty clear, right? That was clear enough. I think so, but... Are you I sure mean, that you want a contract about... Hold on, we're not just going to let you kill Henry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> that is very sweet, and I know where you're coming from, but... You think you could stop me? I think I could put up a bit of a fight. Oh, sure, you can put up a bit of a fight. It wouldn't be very fun if you couldn't. Doesn't mean you can stop me. I suppose we'll see if it comes to that. I hope not. I hope not, too. She looks to you, Virgil, and you, Ox, and then lifts up her hands, and you see she has retractable claws. <laughs> Shing! Okay, Shing! <laughs> Just wanted to let you know. And then keeps walking forward, catches up to, to Favor and Lizzie, who've gone a little bit ahead. So, Kian, are your friends always this hospitable? I don't know what do you mean by that. I think that was quite hospitable to me. That kind of smiles. Ingrid. The, the pink-haired dwarf who's a little behind. Listen, that's just nimble. We're not gonna kill you unless you do something really unexpected, but Ophelia says you're cool, and apparently Kian thinks you're cool, so don't worry about her. <laughs> She's just like that. I suppose it's simply an unusual sort of thing, you know, when you have someone who's coming along to assist you with something, uh, usually threatening them along the way is not necessarily the best tactic. Yeah, no, you're right. Like I said, it's just kind of how nimble is. You offended? No. Should I make her apologize? No. That would just be demeaning for both of us. They both nod. Did they also threaten you with death, Kian, when you met them? Is that is that why you had to join? Was it that or...? She wasn't there when I met the group. There was some threatening, for sure. It's just kind of how she is. Understood. Linnea speaks up. I think when you're that small and that cute, people tend to underestimate you, so you have to kind of lash out more. That's my theory anyway. You know like how big horses are nice and, and little ones are always the mean ones? <laughs> <laughs> Y'all ever seen a horse before? Just to, let, let me figure out where we are here. I don't think that's what you lost us. But... You ever seen a mean horse? Yes. They're always small, right? I don't think that's the case, but sure. <laughs> if I may be so blunt, it's simply funny because of a pre-established dynamic. Uh, what does that mean? <laughs> Are we there yet? 
Uh, yeah, it's right over there. I'm surprised and didn't have to hold Virgil back. <laughs> um, I can't figure out if he was just called a small horse by Henry. <laughs> I think he was. I think so. <laughs> I think Henry's the big horse and Virgil's the small horse. I think Henry thinks he's the big horse. Yes. Yeah. You are led not very far, basically across the, the square to another inn. This too, as they lead you in, is filled to the brim with people. They seem to recognize the winds, give them, you know, waves as they make their way through the crowd and again into the back. And two, seems to be some sort of like storeroom. This one too, also looks like it was probably used for the inn. You see some of the inn's bedding in the corner, but the shelves are just full with, with stuff, random things. Lizzie turns around. I'll go see if Mela is here and then we can get started and everything. Are you all hungry? Well, we do have some rations that we brought along with us, so if we are going to take away from the townsfolk, there is no need. Perfect. Okay. Favor holds up a hand. If you want something besides rations, I think it's fine. Wouldn't mind, you know, helping cook something or. I don't think that'll be necessary. Lizzie turns around to go again. Linnea and Ingrid will, will go with him. Nimble stands at the door, arms crossed, tail flicking back and forth, and just watches all of you. And Favor looks at her and back to you all. I'll go get some food. And they, they exit. Nimble is silent and just watching you all with her half smile. And it's not much longer before Lizzie, Ingrid, and Linnea come back, and behind them you see a face that's familiar to all of you. The tall figure of Mela. Her hair is pulled back messily from her face, and her clothes look like maybe they could use a wash. There's stains of dirt and what looks like maybe oil. She's carrying a large bag that looks very heavy in her arms, and there's a faint sheen of sweat on her face slams the door behind her with her foot and just drops this bag on the ground and it makes a clanking sound as it hits the floor. <sighs> Stands back up. Hey, welcome back to Enosh. Good to see that you're all... I shouldn't say all right, but... I'm all right. You know, considering... Yeah, it's good to see you. So, uh... Is this our fault? Kian's face falls was kind of out of it when we were crossing back over. I can't really remember. She looks to you, Ox. He kind of scratches behind his neck, as he usually does when he's a little nervous. That's, uh, that's the question, isn't it? I'm... I put the wall back. I'm pretty sure it was every rock in the same place. You shouldn't feel responsible for the wall. It's a hard one for me to grasp myself. But uh, the wall was already like that, and I think we just... we helped it. The, the wall it wasn't already like that. Uh, I mean, I, I took it down the first time and built it back up, but maybe I missed a stone or something. I don't know. Maybe we did. Maybe it would have been someone else. I think he looks, he looks unsure at this point. Well, how about this? I'll say it was you who left out a stone. And you say it was me who left out a stone. And oh. that way, neither of us feel like it's our fault. I like that. All That's right. perfect. He smiles. 
seems an awful flimsy barrier to protect a town if it is just a stone wall. Well, I mean, it's it's just a stone wall in that it's made of stones and it's a wall, so it's a stone wall, but it's not supposed to be broken broken. I mean, she, she sighs, pulls up a chair from the corner of the room and sits down. What I'm trying to say is our guardian likes to have a full wall around the town. It's not as weak as a normal stone wall. It's what keeps the magic, or it was. I hope you all will stick around a bit to help us out. That's why we're here. We've got a few ideas to help get people out. What What were you thinking? Well, we've got one train car. Yes, we are able to put about 30 people guaranteed into dawning. Now, unfortunately, that's not very much of the population. Um, however, I believe Lizzie did mention that we have the option to come at dawning from a uh, less legitimate route. Um, so that is another option available to us. Uh, but I'm definitely open to more suggestions. And if nothing else, um, we are all, if I may say so, rather exceptional manpower. Yeah, that's probably going to be helpful to us if you're willing. 30 people's 30 people, so that's good. We can at least get out, you know, people who can't defend themselves as well. Or at least some of them. I've been out scouting a little bit. Uh, I didn't fix my bike properly. I kind of threw together something that lets me move a little faster through the oceans and been exploring a bit and I actually found... Well, I thought it was just a myth. There's an area a few days out where it seems like the oceans don't really go and we could at least have them stay there for a bit if the trains come back and forth just to have a safe I don't know a safe base does that make sense so like an unprotected island in a way well that's the funny thing it's not an island I mean there's no guardian there in the oasis or is it on the ley line do you know she shrugs it didn't seem any different from the rest of the woods except you know how it just, you can just feel it when you're not in the oceans anymore. It felt like that, but I didn't have to pay a toll. I didn't see anyone else there. So if there's a guardian there, they don't want anything because no one's there. That is promising. At least safer than here. We're practically in the oceans right now, so that sounds like a wonderful plan. So, I ran into some trouble out there. I was wondering if you all could get rid of, or check out, or something. What exactly did you find? To be honest, I didn't stick around. Just a little bit outside of the ruins of the wall, there was some movement. I was on a fast bike, so I just went away as quickly as I could. I think I saw some firelight. Because I know people have been coming and going from here, but... That's just a couple days? Just a couple days. I can map it out for you if you want. That would be very helpful. We can see what we can do. At the very least, we can give it our best. Alright, then I'll go get the maps. And if you're staying the night, I can 
see if we can find a place for you to sleep. All right, I'll go get the maps then. She turns around and as she does so, she's almost hit in the face as the door swings open with impressive force to reveal a halfling woman. Her arms are burdened with trays that are laden with food. There's eggs, ox, so don't worry about that. There's a cloud of steam floating off of it. It's very fragrant, it floats around her, her head of like sunrise orange hair, white and purple little crocuses that are tucked into her bandana. She has a, a cheerful, sunshiny vibe to her that you have not seen from anyone in, in Enosh on this visit so far. She's like wide green eyes and she's wearing a, a green sundress with like a white blouse underneath. She has an apron that's too covered in patches and wide stitches for you to know what color it originally was. And right now it has some stains on it from whatever cooking she's been doing. And the tuft of her tail sweeps across the floor excitedly as she looks up at you all and just bustles in with these trays and places them unceremoniously on whatever empty space she can find on these shelves. She turns around. You're our new guests, right? Keen? Points at you. That wouldn't be me. I've just heard some about you. I hope good things. Of course they were, well, they were mostly good things. I mean, there were, there were some, it seems like maybe there was some confusion, but Sounds supposedly right. you've had that all figured out. I think we're all set now. Um, he kind of looks bashfully away. She holds out a hand, and as she does so, she like lifts her, her sleeve a little bit, and you see on her upper arm, that was just covered by the blouse, a familiar mark, a symbol for the winds with a line in each direction. She grins. My name's Winnie, or Winifred, but you can call me Winnie. Nice to meet you. And you're all called... Henry. Henry. Virgil. Virgil. Ox. Ox? Hi. I'm Winnie. I'm the cook. Points to the food. If you need any, I don't know, sustenance, or if you need a little bit of, you know, a little bit of magical strength, let me know and I can uh, cook something up for you. I've heard that you're going to be helping us out. That is our intention, yes. Are, are they also? She points to her arm. Kian just shakes his head. She gestures for you, Kian. Yeah, one he, second, you all. Sorry. We do know, but okay. <laughs> he like leans in with she, a little bit of a furrowed brow. She stands up on her toes to whisper in your ear quieter than I can do in an audio platform, but very quietly. <laughs> are we, are, they're, they're good, right? We're good? I, it's a little new to me. They know the basics, just don't say too much, I think is really, they're good. Okay, great. She stands back. Sorry. So... You're all gonna go out and take care of things, right? That's sort of what you're here for? Well, that is the idea, yes. I was just saying, it would be my first time going outside the walls, but if you want some support, I would be very happy to go along with you. Mela looks at her and looks at all of you and from behind where Winnie can't see her. She just kind of shrugs and then leaves to get the maps. So do your skills lie more in the magical realm? They do, yes. Natural magic, druidic. And they extend to combat? Of course. Well, I certainly wouldn't mind having another person on our outing, if that's all right with you, Kian. As long as you can hold your own, it's always better to have more hands. Great not to just have the four of us, I think. That's exactly what I was thinking. 
And I can do some healing as well, which might be important. I think we could use a bit more of that, actually. Looking at past circumstances. Yes. Okay, so when are you setting out? First thing tomorrow morning. Well, help yourself, eat up. I'll bring some cooking supplies with me as well. And um, I'm excited to get to know you all, even though the circumstances are not the best. She looks to, to Virgil and Ox, been a little bit more quiet, and concern darkens her expressions a little bit. This is okay, right? I don't want to intrude on your group. No, you are not intruding. Okay. Bye! And turns around and leaves. Was I not convincing? I think it seems that she is more extroverted. Well, I could tell that, Henry. <laughs> yes, uh, what I'm saying is I think it was more of a... Anything less than an enthusiastic response would be perhaps taken as um, reservation. So it's not necessarily anything that you've done or have not done. It's more of a matter of perception. It contradicts a bit, but okay. Lizzie steps forward. This bitch is still here. Yeah, they're all still here. They're all just watching this. Ah, this train wreck. <laughs> so, after Mela comes back, you find where to sleep and all. Do you need to be shown the garage, Kian? If that's all right. Drugs. I don't see why not. He nods, looks at the rest of the group. After we eat, is it okay if I spit off for a second? Of course. You wanted privacy in this, yes? I think it'd be best, at least for right now. So long as you come back. I'll come back. Lizzie gives you a look. <laughs> Can I insight check? Yes. Okay. That's just a 10. You know, he has his brow raised, his arms crossed. It's kind of like he's saying, don't count on it. After not much longer, Mela comes back with the book of Perry Vine's maps. Are you all eating, I should ask? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It would be rude not to. <laughs> it's a very good meal. You feel more refreshed than usual after you eat it. Almost like it was healing in itself. There's yes. something magical in this in this cooking that you can't quite place exactly what it is, but it's more than delicious. <laughs> <laughs> it's has a je ne sais quoi to it. Where did, we, where did I stop? The maps. Yeah, Mela comes in with the maps, marks on the maps approximately where she found this this safe space. Um, it does look like it's a few days out, like a straight shot northwest of Enosh. She shows you maybe about five miles out from the town, the spot where she saw the firelight. That's where you should probably check out first. And then if you don't Mind continuing on the way, all the way there, just to make sure things are cleared out. Uh, that would be great. And then come back and, and tell us how it goes. And then we'll, I guess, figure things out from there. See who should, who should stay over there and who should get on that first train. So do you, and, and for the first time she looks a bit, she looks a bit lost. Do you think I should just, do you think I should just tell, everyone that only 30 people are leaving or do you think it'd be best to do it secretly or 
What? I'm, I'm not sure really how to, the best way to... Well, there is no way to keep this secret. And it shouldn't be. There should be some sort of system to it all. Mela, you've lived in Enosh for a while. Are they generally the type to consider uh, the needs of their neighbours? Uh, or are they rather individualistic? I mean, I think they consider the needs of their neighbours, but, but now, I mean, people are scared for their own families. This is beginning with this first train trip, but it does not end there. We are scouting this oasis and providing a safe place for people to wait until it can return. We are not leaving the remnants. I know. I don't know. I kind of think it might be better to... He shakes his head. Folks are going to notice when the train is no longer here. He looks to Lizzie. I'm not usually the kind to make this sort of decision. Do you have any insight on that? Uh, I don't usually. I also am unaccustomed to this sort of responsibility. You know, we typically work with smaller groups and don't have to tell a large gathering of people about what we're doing. So, I don't know. You have been assisting the community for some time now, yes? Would it... Do you think it would come better if it was from your group? Or perhaps someone who is a designated community leader that people trust? I don't think there is a designated community leader, exactly. I actually think maybe he winces as he's saying it and looks over to Henry. Not to put a lot of pressure on you, but you are the one who brought the train. So you're saying I should be the one to announce uh, who will and will not be getting on board? I think that maybe there might be a little less outrage if the rules come from person who is in charge of the train. It's a little bit harder to fight it that way. You have some authority as well. Ox and Virgil. There was a hint of flirtiness to the the question or the statement. And you can also tell he he thinks this is a good idea. Like beyond that, his concern lightens a little bit when when he suggests Henry. I am also able to, in a sense, defer myself to a, a quote-unquote higher authority, which is the Good Love and Good Love Company as a whole. If the entity that is causing the issue is an organization, it's much more difficult to target directly. Regardless, it's not like I'm a stranger to people being hostile towards me, so I'm sure that people will think nothing of it. Sounds like the best plan we have so far. Ian kind of nods. Well, uh, I guess that we can put you in charge of figuring that out this evening and we'll let people know in the morning. I suppose, yes. Perhaps let them choose amongst themselves, though that also can be a little troublesome. 
I don't feel comfortable deciding. I know I've been here longer than you, but not that long. Understandable. I think the suggestion of having the community to some degree decide amongst itself is beneficial. It will, I believe, give them a degree of control over the situation, which may assist with feeling less helpless. See if they can work things out amongst themselves in a reasonable time limit, perhaps, I, I don't know, an hour. If people haven't decided amongst themselves, then we will go by a strict criteria. A better plan than anything else I can think of, so it's good to have you here. Can I? It's like, <laughs> please. Yeah. Keen's just grasping for straws. Go on. Virgil is starting to connect some dots. <laughs> There's a 12. Keen is like, something is here. At first and foremost, it is a jab at you, yeah. Keen. He looks at you at first when he says it, and you said that you couldn't have thought of anything else. Yeah. But you do notice, as he looks back to Henry, a bit of admiration that is reminiscent of the way you've seen him look at Lachlan sometimes. He seems to to like Henry more than you would have expected Lizzie to like Henry. This could be the first time that you're... Like, there's, there is an element of... of I don't know, if you can call Lizzie flirty an element of flirtiness to Lizzie's behavior, that does kind of seem a little bit like the way he interacts with Lachlan. Now you finish up your food. Mela tears the, the map out of the book and, and hands it to, I guess, Kian. Um, actually, no, she'd probably hand it to Ox. Yeah. And after you've, you know, finished up and she heads out, to find you places to sleep. Lizzie looks to you, Kian. I can take you to the garage now if you want. Kian nods. Are the rest of you comfortable staying here for a little bit? Yes, indeed. He he looks at Nimble, who's been standing guard at the door, gives her a nod and says, you can watch over them, and then walks out. Nimble nods, gives a little salute. Kian and Lizzie leave. Lizzie leads you out back to Case Bar and behind it, we're tucked in an alleyway basically between the train station and Case Bar is the carriage. It looks just how you remember it. There's different patches of like peeling and new paint that seem a little bit different from, from last you saw. You can see some fresh brush strokes where someone seems to have repaired random parts of it. But besides that, it's it's the same carriage and it's sort of artistic, perfectly maintained dishevelment. Lizzie walks up to the door, opens it. After you. King steps up kind of hesitantly and takes a deep breath as he looks around. Lizzie closes the door behind you. Uh, you're just in the, the main room. Are you looking for anything in particular in here? He does spend like a good moment just silently staring around, mm -hmm. not really touching anything. And then he'll go, he'll go to one of the cupboards, stop, open it up. You open up the cupboard. It's full of bits and bobs from their travels. 
the like wooden bowls and spoons. You don't see anything unfamiliar, but you don't see any, but you don't see anything of yours. And Lizzie just watches. He walks over to the the little gas stove in the corner, leans against it, wordlessly. It's dim in here. The windows are open to just the walls of the alley. You're not used to seeing it empty, I think, mm. as well, with just you and one other person. Despite all of the the color and decor still on the walls, it it does feel a little gloomy, and his presence is not helping. He will look hesitantly over to him, and then go over to one of the doors, reach a hand in his pocket. What are you doing? Just wanted to check and see if there's anything in there. I don't think you're supposed to go in there. It was allowed at one time. And then you left. You're looking for your things there on one of the hammocks. All of them. Unless you're trying to take something from him, yes, I should think so. I'm not trying to take something from him. Look, I wasn't planning on leaving, I'm sure. Well, I don't know what Ophelia told you. She told us that there had been a misunderstanding, and it was in fact not you who Lachlan saw in somewhere. Just someone who looked similar. She did not seem to understand why you left after that. She feels suspicious. But she said we could trust you and the people you're traveling with. And I trust Ophelia. So here we are. I had meant to come back. It's the main part of it. Wasn't supposed to be for very long at all, and there was supposed to be a note. I know that it's a bit selfish of me, but I'm gonna open that door and have a moment, and then I'll leave. Did he give you that? He gestures to the hat on your head. In a way. What does that mean? I'm keeping this safe for him. Did he give it to you? I got it from the jail. You can leave it here then. You can have it when he comes back. Reaches for the key in his pocket and opens the door. Virgil speaking. I'd like to say a few words, if you'll permit me your time. Thank you for listening to Spare the Crying. Your support means a lot to us. If you'd like to find me or my companions, you can reach us on social media at linktree slash spare the crying. We'd love to hear from you. Please feel welcome to leave a rating and review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or YouTube streams. We also have a Discord server, where you can discuss the story so far with us, or speak with like-minded souls about your own TTRPG experiences. In regards to our soundtrack, 
Our background music is by Marika Shans, and our intro is by Ben McElroy. Our official art is by yours truly. You can find me at Crowqueen on Twitter. That said, allow me to bid you farewell for now. Please join us next time as we shepherd in a new dawn. door to Lachlan's room. It looks mostly untouched since you last saw it. The curtains are shut over the round window in the back. There are two chairs set out, a little table. There's a, a bottle of wine on the table that is open and you can assume the wine is no longer good, but it is about half empty and a single wine glass next to it. Hammocks in a corner. It's a busy room. It's an eclectic room, but it's neat. It looks like it was still taken care of, at least before he left, but nothing stands out to you as unusual in it. He lets the, the door close behind him. He takes everything in with just a careful, almost calculating, like, like he's trying to memorize the room. And I think a few tears roll down his face and... He looks to where he kept a few things in one of the small drawers, takes a step towards it, and then he exits the room. Lizzie's standing where you left him, just watching. He just walks by him, goes to the, the wind's room. Like Lizzie said, all of Kean's stuff is piled on one of the hammocks. It looks like they've gathered up whatever they could find and put it there knowing that you're going to be visiting. Is it, does it include things that he would have left in Lachlan's room? No, no. There's the, there's books, some clothes that have been folded. There's a pair of boots underneath the hammock. He, he throws them in the, in the bag, takes another second, shakes his head and goes straight back to Lachlan's room. Lizzie just watches yes. as you go back and forth. And this time he doesn't really look at anything else. He just beelines towards that drawer mm -hmm. and opens it. You do see your things there. Is that like Kian's drawer? Like does Kian usually put his stuff in there? Yeah. Is Kian very neat about it? There's not a whole lot of room. He doesn't have a whole lot of things in it, but because of that necessity, like pretty carefully placed in, he's, He's not super neat of a person in general, but there isn't a whole lot of space. The papers and the jewelry look very carefully arranged, more so than you would have done yourself. But it looks like everything is there. He sighs and wipes one of the tears away and will empty it. He'll leave Lachlan's room and then look, look to Lizzie. I'm all done here right now. Not quite. I promised him that I'm going to return some stuff and I want to follow through with that promise myself. As far as I understand, he's going to be coming back here as soon as he can. I know. I think it perhaps makes the most sense if you leave whatever it is that you're carrying for Lachlan here with us. I'm sure you're aware we're perfectly capable of taking care of it. I'm aware that you're perfectly capable. This is one thing that I have to follow through with myself. I'm going 
to make sure that it gets to his hands. He knows I have it and I'm going to give it to him when I see him. I don't understand what it is that makes you so sure you're going to see him again. So I'm going to make sure of it. He just sighs, stands up straight, walks out the door, turns around, waits for you. He follows. Closes it behind you. Is it true? He turns around to look back at you, Kian. That it's all just a misunderstanding. That you weren't involved in this. Is that true? Of course it's true. He nods and then keeps going. Out the alleyway. Back to the inn where everyone is sleeping. I know... I know our relationship has always been a little bit... Hence, kind of consider you as a friend. I'm not sure if you think the same about me, but I think you should know. Just he kind of pauses, like he's really grasping for words. can't really go into specifics or anything, because I don't really know, but something did happen, and I'm not quite sure how, how safe I am out in the oceans anymore. Okay. wasn't the main reason I left, but I don't know. You shouldn't rely on me to help protect the carriage or anything. I think it might actually make it worse. Did you... I don't know. Piss off your celestial parent in some way. I hope not. I've not really looked into that. Right, well, I have. Considering the way you reacted when you were asked about your hair situation, but something about it. it seems as though it has been recorded as a symbol of sorts. But do you think we are the sort of people who would care about that in the slightest? I don't know, maybe I'm. Maybe you should, but uh, it doesn't make it easy to travel with and. We're gonna have to be very careful if we're helping escort people out into the oceans. Not all of us have protection in the oceans. Some of us have never had protection out in the oceans. So you've lost yours. 
You still have your abilities. Doesn't matter. And it really wasn't something to just leave over like that. Really upset things for a bit, obviously. You could have just said what happened. I don't think anyone would have minded. Wasn't just that. Let's go back. Sure. I'm sorry. About it all. He had turned around to, to walk away and stops, looks back at you. It's fine. You don't have to apologize. I understand it was probably upsetting. Turns again. Keeps walking back. The three of you, you were left in the storeroom of the inn with a small audience. <laughs> and Linnea and Ingrid looked to you all. So do you want some privacy? Do you want us to stay or? I would appreciate if we could have just a moment. Not too terribly long. I don't want you to grow suspicious of us, you know. <laughs> they, they look at each other and back to you. We're, we're not suspicious if you want privacy, but I mean, we asked. So yeah, I mean, now we're kind of suspicious, but we weren't before. Linnea laughs a little bit and Ingrid like shakes her head like, Shh. we'll give you a moment then. They walk out, grab Nimble like by the arm and drag her out as well. Favor follows, closes the door behind them. Right, so I just wanted to check in with the two of you, see your uh, thoughts on all of this, uh, the uh, secretiveness of Kian. Forgive me, I do love Kian terribly. Uh, however, it is difficult sometimes with the sneaking about and the talking to everyone else. We all have secrets, it just seems as though we are running into a few more of Kian's. Should we be concerned that that's a reoccurring theme? Are we concerned about the winds? Or are we concerned about Kian, to be clear? More so Kian. Somehow, the secretive winds folk, and even though they're one member and the deliberate threatening, do feel more open in a way, almost, than Kian has. I understand. He's been, you know, open about... He makes a two-tooth biting gesture. <laughs> <laughs> Some things, rather than others. But, I don't know, for the amount of times that we've been running into them, and with Rockman and Philia, etc, etc, it does feel a little odd that there's still so much tiptoeing after all this time. Well, it's alright if Kian wants to keep some of those to himself. I guess maybe what I'm really getting at is, is there something that maybe we could do to make him more comfortable? Is it me? Does he tell you to anything? I think any reservations he might have had about you are long past. Well, I hope so. And you know, I mean, it's it's not just Kian. I was also wanting to ask you, you know, just, um, if I were to approach Maggie, um, 
briefly. Oh, you are considering. Yes, but uh, you know your makeup with orcs. It seemed to go so well, so I just wanted to see how you two did it. Maybe take some notes and you know, uh, come prepared. I think as long as you are genuine, Henry, you will not have any trouble. And that seems to be a bit of a roadblock in this case. The gen being genuine part, or if I'm genuine, that's the roadblock because of the nature of the genuine topic. I have seen you be sincere, but you seem to have a problem, for whatever reason, being so with Maggie. All you have to do is apologize and mean it. Well, that did work that one time, so I'm sure it will work a second time. If you recall, you had to make a couple of attempts at that one, and your first one was rather lackluster. Uh, if I recall correctly, we did not get thrown off of the train or killed. Or myself shot with a crossbow. So, in my books, that is an entire win. It could have gone wrong in so many ways, and it did not, so... Okay, so... <laughs> hit me with an apology right now. What do I have to apologize for you for? Pretend I'm Maggie. What would you say? Would it help if I pulled a crossbow on you? I think the pressure might be a little helpful in his scenario. Do you own a crossbow? <laughs> no, but I think this will work and he'll draw his sword and <laughs> hold it at your throat and the blade glistens over with ice. Is this enough pressure for you, good love? Is this flirting? <laughs> I'm like convinced. Ox is just watching with awe as all of this is happening. He's just like, thank God it's not me. He's just like, he doesn't even know what to do. I'm not the one being threatened. I know we're not on a moving train, but you get the idea. Well, I mean, you could, it's not a lot of pressure using right now if you wanted to spear me through. I can wait. I'm sorry I'm not as good at apologizing on the spot as you want me to be. Not bad, keep going. What more is there to say? Do you know what you did wrong? With Maggie? I... How long do you have? Let's start with the inciting incident. When you insulted her? Right. I didn't... Wasn't supposed to be an insult, you know. Do you know how it sounded? You told me it sounded rude. So we're going with rude. Okay. He shees his sword. <laughs> Is it that you are scared of her or that you are afraid of making things worse? Definitely the latter. Because I feel like we were moving in the right direction and then it is not that direction anymore, but I'm not entirely sure what made it move in the right direction to begin with. Sincerity? Keep bringing that up. If being <laughs> vulnerable with a person is the issue, that is fine. You don't have to let down all of your walls, Henry, but you're going to have to at least meet her in the middle. I will make my best attempt. For you. Not for me. Please don't. <laughs> Alright, not for you then. You hurt her feelings, and 
that is not so easy a wound to fix. So do not approach this as some sort of battle. You would lose, to be clear. But you have nothing to worry about so long as you make a half-decent apology, as I know you are capable of. You are not a bad person, despite what I'm beginning to believe you think is the case. And we don't have time to talk about all of that right now. Hell, we don't have to talk about it at all if you don't want to, but she deserves an apology. A half-decent one. And I will try my best to give it to her. I simply hope it will suffice. Maybe you could give me an example. I misspoke earlier. It was not my intention to insult your character, and I am sorry I did so. In the future, I will be more careful with the words I use. And I am sorry for the hurt I have caused you. You were very quick with that. Did you have it pre-prepared? No, I know how to apologize. As, you know, a person does. Have you never... You know, there is time in the day still. And as we are leaving in the morning, perhaps... You might make haste. Tonight, well, I mean, I bought the logistical items to go through regarding... You should not let this fester. You don't think it would be too late to go? She's not going to be asleep. You saw what happened when I left it for days on the train. You have already done that. I... If I were you, I would not leave it any longer. I can go tonight, then. But uh, first, we'll have to have Kian come back. I don't want him to think that I've been uh, stolen away tonight. I wouldn't want that. It would waste our time. He would go off looking for me, I'm sure. Maybe Lizzie would join him. Oh. What is that, by the way? <laughs> what is what? I'm not imagining that, right? No, it, I kind of keep seeing it. Like, Lizzie kind of keeps flirting with you, Henry. You act like this is unusual for me. I guess not when I, I think about it outside of our group, but in the context of within our group. This was it, supposed to be a group of people who hated the wealthy, the good loves in particular, right? That was the impression I got. Yeah. If I may be so bold, Ox, come now. I think if you and I hadn't had our... Don't have our little disagreement, it wouldn't be quite so... hostile. All I'm saying is I can definitely see you and Lizzie having much to talk about if that wasn't necessarily the case. Am I wrong in that assumption? Ox's ears turn a little red. <laughs> All I'm saying is I haven't forgotten our first encounter. I... Well, that was, that was just a first impression. Now that I've gotten to know you, Henry, you're much meaner than I thought. He came off as nice the first time? Not so much. Well, it was exceptionally difficult circumstances. We can definitely blame Scarlet for that one. Really, always ruining everything. There's actually a, like a soft knock on the door and then Lizzie opens it. Where's everyone else? They gave us a moment for privacy. I just 
I needed a minute to prepare for a difficult conversation that I'm going to have to complete before we leave. I need to speak with the conductor of the train, the engineer. Oh. Shall I take you to the station? Yes. Yes, I think that's appropriate. I'm actually, Lizzie's going to do a vibe check. Go ahead, yeah, do it. He's just trying to measure the tension, the interpersonal tension yes. in the scene that he just walked um, in on. What he gets is that Virgil is done talking to Henry. Okay. And would like him to be someone else's problem for a minute. Okay. Right, follow me then. Ken steps in, notices this all and looks questioningly. <laughs> Virgil just, I think, is there like a seating area? Oh, God. I mean, you're just in like a little storm. There's some chairs scattered. Yeah, he kind of like falls into a chair. <laughs> What's going on? Henry just has an apology to make and my God, he's going to need some luck. Lizzie leads you back out, starts walking towards the, the station. So is the engineer going to be helping us with this plan, or...? Oh, yes, she's definitely going to be helping us. Um, it is a bit of a personal drama the two of us have from bad encounters in the past. Relationship drama. You know. He nods slowly. <laughs> Sounds complicated. It is this going to be a a problem with all of this that we're planning. Oh no, not at all. She's more than willing to help with the whole effort. Actually very, or rather I should say excited to come along. Well, I'm sorry you have to go through that, I suppose. Let me know if there's any trouble. Of course. Though I don't expect our interaction to be particularly hostile. <laughs> Not in the violent sense. Uh, you don't have to roll insight for this. He looks like, just at a complete loss for words at what to <laughs> what to say about this. Classic but Henry response. But also, you can tell he wants to know more. But he's quiet for the rest of your your walk over, and then stops at the entrance of the train station. Do you want me to wait for you here until you're done? Perhaps I should, just seeing how things are. I think it would be for the best. Alright, I'll be here then. I appreciate it. Thank you. Alright, so you walk into the train station. Um, Tom is back at his usual seat as a ticket taker, but the, the window is open fully and the door to the side is open fully. It's not... It's clear not being used for what it is. He just looks up as you walk in, recognizes you, and points to the the platform. The platform is empty, of course. Eden, the mechanic, is working on something outside, um, has a toolbox next to her, and just stands up as soon as you walk in. She can hear your footsteps from across the platform. She just looks at you questioningly. I'm here to speak with Magdala. She pauses, nods, and then just points up towards the locomotive. Thank you. Henry will follow in the direction that she points. Her eyes follow you as you walk up the, the platform. Maggie is there. She's not 
She's not working on anything mechanical. She's actually sitting down, has a book in her hands, just on the stool in the corner, just slipping through it. Henry would knock on the door frame before. She starts, looks up. Um, yeah. Hello, it is, um, I wanted to speak with you. I understand it's a little bit on the late side, but a friend of mine informed me that perhaps uh, I was inconsiderate in our last conversation, and I wanted to remedy that. She stands up. A friend of yours? Yes. He's a surprisingly insightful and very polite, so I thought him an excellent resource for such things. Okay, come inside. He'll move further inside the car. She'll step around Henry, close the door behind him. Sorry, so... Were you... Were you... Concerned... About our last conversation? Not so much concerned. It's more more a matter of that I um, was reviewing the things that I had said and the reactions that took place afterwards and I in this evaluation I was made aware that I had said something that was an insult to your character and I had not intended it to be that way but I suppose it doesn't it doesn't exactly matter too much what I intended if it was coming across a way I would not intended, then it's my fault for making it come across that way. All I'm saying is I apologize for insinuating that you did not care about the situation in Enosh without my input. Did your friend tell you to say that? Or did you want to? No, it's something I wanted to tell you. He had a different rendition. It was somewhat more elegant than mine. But the sentiment, in a way, is similar. However, to answer your original question, of course, I wanted to be the one to apologize. I thought we were moving in surprisingly. positive direction, you know, and then I failed to understand how I moved backwards so much without having a third party assist. Her posture, the like tension that she's held in her shoulders and like in her sort of straight back way of standing hasn't changed, but there is a faint smile on her face as you as you talk thank you for apologizing i know you didn't really 
mean it how it sounded. It's funny to see you like this, Henry. In what way? You don't usually act so unsure of yourself. Can I? Why do you think I asked you to marry me? I just thought it was something that's done. What, marriage? Yes. Sure, but why do you think I asked you out of, I don't know, anyone else I knew? I don't actually know. Just looks at him, shakes her head, and looks down at her boots. It's been a long time, and I think we've both moved on. And it's good to go back a little bit now and, as you said, apologize for things. And I'm grateful that you have. I just wanted to make sure. Again, I know it was a long time ago, so maybe this isn't necessary to say, but I really did love you and I hope that you don't think that any of it was false or based on, I don't know, status or something like that. No, I, I never got the impression from you that it was a matter of status. So that's why it that's why it confuses me that if you really think that it wasn't a power grab or something, why you would just go and assume that that wouldn't be a big deal. And I know you've, you've already talked about that, but I just wanted to make sure. It seems like now you're thinking about what you say and what you do, thanks to your friend. So that's good. I just wanted to make sure, that's all. Yes, it, I mean, you're definitely right in that respect. I suppose I was just confused a little bit, or maybe confused is the wrong word, surprised. It didn't seem correct somehow that it could be me. It would have been easier to make sense of everything if you had only wanted status. But if it's not for status or money or then then what? She she looks up. Did you in the first place, even before I asked you, did you not care about me? No, of course I cared about you. So and she she looks I'd say genuinely confused. I, I cared about you too. Is that not reason enough? I... It just, it didn't, I, I mean, I, it, how, I was surprised that you also cared about me. Uh, it didn't seem like something 
people were uh, inclined to do necessarily outside of politeness and formality and and then we get into the matter of i mean i you i'm sure we had some degree of conversation regarding the circumstances at the time everything's very turbulent if you will and i just i didn't want to be lying to you and make you think that you were marrying someone that you weren't and that what if you had an idea of the person that i was but it wasn't actually the person that i was and then you're stuck with the person that you don't want to be who's actually me uh, and you don't like what you find after we get through all of the facade business and or maybe as well that i come after i figure everything out which is what i did in somewhere that's what i've been was doing the past first Henry. three to five years and then maybe you didn't like that and so i didn't want i didn't want you to get trapped in a relationship with me as the person you didn't want but you didn't know i'm the person you didn't want does that make any sense henry i know this might be hard for you to conceptualize but some contracts can be broken <laughs> she she shakes her head all of this doesn't really matter, I guess, anymore, but if it had turned out we weren't right for each other, which maybe is true, we could have just came to that decision together. But it felt right at the time, and, well, if it didn't feel right to you as it did to me, then you could have just told me, and you didn't, and that also felt like an insult. But I understand that it was hard. It's in the past. And I would also like for us to be friends if it's possible. I was actually going to ask if you would go back up to dawning with me from here. I, I You don't have to, obviously. I know you have plenty going on here, but... To be honest, I'm a little bit nervous after everything that's happened with transferring the line over. I'm going to have to speak with your parents. Yeah. And if you were there, I think you could really help with the Enosh situation too, so... No, no, I, I think you're right. Now that you're, you're laying it on the table, uh, and the possibility that things could be a little bit less awkward between us. Um, I think it makes logistical sense to go and then I can discuss things with my parents and any relevant parties in person. I'll just uh, have to let everyone else know, but there's a very capable halfling woman who will be accompanying them in my stead. I'm sure they'll be quite all right. She nods. Okay. Thank you. And... Uh, Thank you as well for a lot of other things that maybe I have not told you thank you enough for. Like I said, it's in the past. Very much like that, yes. Great, well... I will be in charge of organising the 30 people who will be getting on board the train. I've already set up the criteria and everything. I've Really, I've got the whole thing planned. We just need to execute it in the morning. It'll be a matter of waking up alerting people, um, give us between 30 minutes and an hour and we'll have the train boarded and leave. Okay. Yeah, we'll be ready. 
Excellent. Thank you. I will uh, see you in the morning then. See you in the morning. And Henry will give her a wave and head back to Lizzie. There's a, a moment where she's just watching Henry go and after he's turned away and starts walking down the platform, she also raises a hand and gives him a wave. I think after Henry leaves, this would be after. Kian will take a step away, kind of notice that everybody's having a little bit of a moment as Virgil dissociates in a chair. Yeah. He'll step out, find a spot outside in an alleyway, right outside the building, and he will look through Marigold and try and see where she's at. And he wrote a natural 20 for Marigold. Perception? Yep. What is Marigold's... Our class? <laughs> no. What is Marigold? What do you add to Marigold's perception? Just a plus one. Okay. You go into Marigold vision. Roll a persuasion check. That's a 17? 17. We have... We have sub-20s do, like, supersede anything. What about another natural 20? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so you pop into Marigold Vision, and you find yourself sitting on what looks to be some sort of fallen log about 10 feet away from a small fire. And Lachlan is sitting there, and you just see him from behind. He's not looking at you. Or he's not looking at Marigold. He reaches to something in front of him, and places it behind him. And when you look closer, you see it's a little... It looks like a handkerchief of some sort, with a small hunk of bread on it. He has her go forward. Not really paying attention to the ground as she's just kind of hopping from place to place. I can't believe you got this natural friend. And he'll stay five feet away. I know you told me not to message you, but it's not really the same thing, is it? He doesn't turn around. He doesn't even really startle as you start speaking. But you can see the outline of the shape against the fire. And you can see him nod. What do you want? I want to make sure that You're staying as safe as you can out here. I don't really think that... I think he takes a long pause. I don't really believe you can do that all on your own. Still here, aren't I? But for how long? shrug. He has, like, I guess, 
with his beak. <laughs> He'll pull out the letter on Ergold's harness and place it down along with the copper wire that she's stuffed in, in the harness. If you want, she can, she can stay with you, just in case you need... I don't need to, to do this if you don't want me to. She could be there. You can call her back. Kiana. No, it's not your fault. But I'm... I'm done. Alright? He... will... move closer. Just so that he can go up in front of Lachlan. See his face. When he he sees Marigold coming around around from behind him, sort of leans forward and like blocks the view of his face a little bit with his hand. I can't. You're a little pigeon, Kian. I know, but it's kind of the option I have right now. He takes a, his hand away. You can see he's he's crying. I don't know if I can fix any of this, but I would hate myself if I didn't at least try. Fix what? Everything that I've done to hurt you, unintentionally or not. It's alright. But it's not, is it? It is. It's alright. I'll fix it myself. You shouldn't have to do that yourself. It's the way things are. I want your help. Good to know you're okay. Been missing Marigold too, so it's good to see her. But I don't want your help. I'm gonna take care of it. What happens if you don't? Shrugs again. I've learned that some things are a lot easier if you've got somebody else by your side. Some things. What's your plan out there? Just stares into the fire. He looked briefly over it. Marigold Kian hasn't really looked back. Doesn't concern you. Trying to go after her, aren't you? No. Sure. I'm sure. The insight check. <laughs> Go ahead. What did you get? An eleven. It's hard to read. Since you've come around to to see his face more clearly lit, he's had the same blankness to his expression, despite the fact that he's clearly crying. There was one moment when he broke and smiled when he looked over at Marigold for the first time, but. Besides that, he looks kind of tired. No, I don't have any authority over that anyway, but I think if I was you, I'd probably want to go after her. I kind of do. Don't. Kian. He does look over 
there is a alertness to his features again. Don't. If you're not trying to go after her, what are you trying to fix? That's my business. Tian, don't. Really. Got other things to do now anyway. Exactly. I mean what I said about keeping everything for you. So I'm going to see you again in person. It doesn't have to be a long time. If you decide that it's just to hand things over, that can be that. But I don't- I don't want to see you again, Kian. Okay. I don't have to. But I'm going to try to fix things on my own. So I won't come trying to find you if you don't want me to. I hope someday you change your mind and decide to try to find me. If you'll do me a favor, read that letter. Now? I can leave first. Nods again. I think he dismisses Marigold. Yeah. View of Lachlan just vanishes to darkness. And that is where we'll end our session for tonight. Hold on. Our boys don't know this, but I do. Lachlan sits to the right side of silence in front of that fire for a long minute. Then he speaks. Kian looks to his left. He's alone. Just him, the fire, and a letter, rolled tightly right behind him and tied with a forget-me-not blossom. Stares at it for another long minute. Reaches back, picks it up. Carefully, delicately, takes that flower, places it to the side, and opens up the letter. Sure you're curious about what it says. Lachlan, there are words that I can't say until I see you face to face. Words that don't seem fair to write down, but that I want you to know. I'll start with these. Maybe this letter will just vanish into the winds. That also seems fitting. I hope it reaches you. If by some chance this does work, and Marigold is able to make it to you, I hope you at least had a moment with her. The oceans are a lonely place. I've had some time to think, and I realise maybe I've left the wrong impression. It was never about what you are, or what I am now. I don't know quite how to explain the loss of what I was. It seems like every time I try, it feels meaningless. I guess the closest I can explain is that even the world around me feels different now. It feels like everything is creeping in. Wish I had stayed around to figure that out with you, but at the time, I needed to be able to figure it out for myself. But that doesn't matter, does it? The future is still out there, though, and there's a chance I might have a considerable amount of years more than I had previously expected. Some say time heals all wounds, and maybe that's true, but I don't know if I have the patience for that. So, I'm making it my new mission to heal at least some of yours that I've caused, and maybe even ones I haven't, if you'll let me. 
I think I finally found something that can match the beauty of your eyes. Did you know the Northern Star in the Feywild shines differently? A beautiful reddish brown glow helped me when I was directionless. Maybe I'll actually write that poem for you. Send it your way sometime. So, I'm writing this to let you know that I'm out here waiting. I don't think I can stop. If you give a call, I'll come running. Doesn't matter how far. So, until we meet again, yours, Keen. Lachlan reads through once, reads through again. He's not crying anymore. He's never been one to shed many tears in the past month or so. He's shed more than enough for his lifetime. Even a lifetime as long as his. He reads that last line one more time. If you give a call, I'll come running. Doesn't matter how far. Till we meet again. Yours, Kian. Feeds it to the fire. Fires are hungry. Eats it fast. Lachlan picks up that flower at his side, tucks it into the buttonhole of his shirt, walks away, lets that fire burn out on its own. Teach her not to fear.